Well, have you had a good day? I uh, hope you have. It's been a wonderful, wonderful day. We've been anxiously awaiting having the opportunity to be able to connect with you, whether you're uh, at home, around your uh, television there, or you're in your car, or in your room, wherever it may be. We are delighted to be a part of your life. I know that some of you, no doubt, you're preparing dinner, probably fixing a big porterhouse steak or hamburger. Some of you might be frying some good pork chops and all that goes with it. That's one of the unique things that we get into. I saw someone the other day talk about uh, their expenses. They simply said gasoline, zero, uh, entertainment, zero, uh, work, uh, going to and from work, zero cost there, groceries, uh, $1,800. So I know that everybody's eating pretty well, and uh, I want you to know that we're enjoying the abundance of God's blessing. We know that uh, I ask you to pray, 2 Corinthians 7.14, uh, 7.14 in the morning or 7.14 uh, in the afternoon or evening. Someone asked me and said, you know, Pastor, I, it's a little more convenient uh, to me to pray about 6.55, you know, sometimes I'm still in bed and I, that can be my prayer time. Well, you know what, the whole point is this, is to try to get you to set your phone to send a signal to you, this is, it's time to pray. Whether it's 6.55 or 7.14, whatever the case, we just want you to pray and believe God. And then let me say thank you for your support, your kindness. I visited someone this morning on some business, and uh, they were so kind and said, oh, pastor, you know, you headed back to the church. That's right. Well, may I give you my tithe? Now, I didn't even have to pray about that. I said, that'll be just fine. I'll wait here till you get it. And I was able to bring it back and turn it into bookkeeping. You are a faithful church. And one of the reasons God has blessed Victory Church is because of your faithfulness. One of the reasons that we're able to weather COVID-19 and keep everything going and everybody moving forward in one mind, one spirit, and one accord is because of your faithfulness all these years and already this year. So I want to thank you for your giving. Your tithe is certainly important to us. You can do that online, victorylakeland.org. You know that. Hit the uh, Give tab there. Or you can mail it in here to the church uh, office, or you can drop it by, or whatever uh, takes place like that. Uh, just let me encourage you. I know that you have a will to do it. If you have a will to do it, it will, in fact, come to pass. So we're going to believe God together and trust Him that your needs will be met. And we know that there are many. We're making a lot of phone calls to a lot of our church family right now. And we're identifying a, identifying a lot of needs. But here's what we know. Prayer makes a difference. It's the power of prayer. So I'm going to pray a blessing over you. I'm going to pray that God will give you favor and keep you safe. I'm also going to pray for those uh, that may not be well or struggling or loss of a job or furlough or whatever the case is. I know God is able. I know you believe that. So wherever you're at, could you pause a moment and maybe just close your eyes and and bow your head and let's just trust God together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for the abundance of your blessing. I thank you for all of your goodness and mercy. And I pray a special prayer for those that, that are not faring well in this pandemic. I pray that you would give them courage and peace. Some have been uh, 
caught by surprise. They find themselves unemployed and they're looking for other employment. And God, it's not much happening. But here's what I do know. You've never caught us begging for bread because if we follow you, you will make a way. And about the time we think that we're about to lose grip with the rope at the very end, you some way or another come and meet that need. We do pray now that you touch those that have faced major surgery, uh, Jim Vogel, and God, you would touch him a nine-hour back surgery and then facing a triple bypass this week. God, we know that you're able to touch Mike Tuttle and and you're able to minister there. You're able to strengthen Greg Mundus and continue to heal his body. And then I know that their marriages, some of them, God, are, are just... Uh, really struggling right now to keep peace in their home and some of the children are misbehaving and getting a little unruly and give mom and dad the patience that they need god we pray for the leadership of our nation and our state uh, the covid 19 does not belong to the government of the united states it belongs to the nation in which we live because it's in every state many countries around the world but here's what we know. We believe you are in control. Nothing catches you by surprise, Father. Absolutely nothing. And since nothing catches you by surprise, you knew that we would have need of you. And that's what we're doing now. I pray you bless our families financially. Make a way where there is no way. Touch them physically, emotionally, God. And for that person who may have said today, I can't take it anymore, well, God, give them a fresh breath of anointing so they can make it again tomorrow and the next day because one day soon this thing will pass. Your word, this too shall pass. It will happen. And then, Lord, we're going to live life and rejoice. And, God, we're going to celebrate when we're able to come back into the sanctuary what a great day that's going to be. Until then, we're going to make the best of what we have. And we're going to rejoice and praise your name. It is in Jesus' name I pray. And all of you out there said, amen, amen. So good to see you and have you and connect with you this way. I have made uh, communication with a lot of people uh, this week. And many of them are so thankful for the online services that we're having. Many are enjoying the kids and the youth and, and then the seniors uh, programs and then small group program and a lot of activity that's taking place. In other words, just because, just because that we're not able to come to the sanctuary and meet it does not mean that Victory Church is not producing ministry. We're going strong at the Dream Center, touching more people, feeding more people, praying for more people than you could ever imagine. And, and we're thankful to be able to do that. You see, God is able to work through different methods, and we're just going to roll with it. Well, I'm going to share tonight on don't judge. Say that with me. Don't judge. Now, why am I sharing this message? And I I'm sharing it because uh, it gripped my heart. You see, the reality is that uh, we're praying God for revival. Sharon and I, uh, every time we, God send a revival, do something that is exceptional, do something that is supernatural. God, if, if we're going to be in this pandemic, then when we come through it, and we will, 
And when we get through it, what a great move of your Holy Spirit is going to be. Let us learn something and let us know that we have been touched by the grace and the power of God. So that's what we're praying. But you know, there are some things that might get in the way of your prayers. And one of those things is a judgmental spirit. And you can listen to yourself as you are judging and often people blaming this person or that person or that leader or another leader and others talk about this network says this and this network does this and and we do that as believers and we do it sometimes unless someone comes along with a little message that reminds us to keep our spirit sweet to pay attention to God's word and don't allow the enemy slide in on us so that our prayers might be hindered. I don't want that. There are far too many important needs that we're praying for that we need God to answer. So this is just kind of a housekeeping message. Well, it's entitled, Don't Judge. I want to share just a brief little video with you tonight. Sometimes uh, we judge people without really understanding what's going on. And, uh, and we make decisions based on what we hear. And we assume that what we hear is what reality is or what we've heard is reality, but sometimes that's not true. Now, this man in this video is talking on his cell phone as he goes into this store to someone that he knows. So take a quick look at it, and we'll be right back. Hello. How much are they asking? Well, that's a lot of money for a deck. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you're getting robbed. Did you hear me? You're getting robbed. AmeriQuest, an open-minded, equal opportunity lender. Well, they misunderstood him completely. He was on his cell phone. They didn't know it, but they made a judgment call. And quite frankly, I, I think they made the right judgment call in those circumstances. But not everything that you see in here is the truth. So as we get into this message, Jesus is addressing his disciples, and this is what he's doing. He's uh, calling them to assume a posture that is, uh, that is contrary to human nature. And he had quite a diversification in the disciples. You got Peter, strong will, etc. You got others, of course, that kind of stand in the shadows and wait for everyone else to talk. But Jesus is teaching them and he's calling them to, to say, I want, I want you to have a posture about an issue that is contrary to your human nature. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. He commands them never to judge one another. Now, here's what I want to know. For all of you listening, wherever you're at, can you honestly and sincerely say, I have never judged anyone? Can you sincerely say with all honesty, I've never misjudged someone. I've, I've never misjudged a situation. Well, you know what the reality is? I don't think there's anybody alive that could say that and say it sincerely. You see, it's a weakness of human nature. And we know that human nature often will 
point its bony finger at others and declare judgment. I mean, when you're not having a good day, it's easy to judge someone else. And we judge others based on facts as we know them, and it may not be the truth. Or our opinions that's been formed out of our own experience of life. Or a perspective that's colored by our own personal experience. And we say that just has to be the truth. And we judge them relating to that. And it may be the farthest thing from the truth. And then, have you ever noticed that sometimes we judge and we don't all always have the back facts? The what's going on behind the scenes, those things that we don't know. We judge others every day. Let me say it again. We judge others and we judge circumstances every day. And the Bible says we have no, zero scriptural basis to be able to do it. As a matter of fact, it's a sin according to the Word of God. Well, I thought about as I had this message and preparing it, I thought, God, if we're going to pray and and we're going to hear from heaven and we're going to humble ourselves and you're going to heal our land, we're going to have to be careful that in this situation when we're in close quarters together and we're watching negative television more and more and one thing doesn't make sense and this person is doing this, this governor's doing that, this mayor's doing that, we have to be so careful that we don't get drawn into that judgmental spirit. So here's what God says. Are you ready? Do not judge. Say that with me. Do not judge. No, some of you in that back bedroom, come on, listen up. Do not judge. Here we go. That's the scripture in Matthew 7, verse 1. Well, what do we do? To judge, of course, is to pass a sentence upon someone or to form an opinion. We judge them. We pass a sentence. Doesn't doesn't mean that it's the truth. It's just my judgment upon you. We should ask the question, well, how do we judge others? Let me give you a few suggestions. We judge others by their words. We judge others by their appearance. We judge others by their actions or their clothes or their social status. Have you ever been surprised by someone that really had a high level and social status and you thought I they must be just as snooty and they think they're really somebody and and when you had an opportunity to meet them you thought wow that person is not even close to what I thought they would be like we judge by their position or their education or or their group associations or maybe they had a past that you know about their past. I knew them before they got into that position. I knew them before they started making money. And you judge because of their past. Well, may I suggest something to you? If Jesus has forgiven it, he has forgotten it. Do you think you and I have the right to judge someone of their past? Or we judge by their circumstances? Oh, look at that homeless person. I Look at that. I tell you, I, they probably gather 50 or $60 a day. But here's one of the things that I'm keenly aware of that I want to coach you on. You and I do not know the reason that a person that we see that's homeless or without food, we don't know the reason and we don't know the backstory of what it was that got them there. We don't have that. And it's just safer to pray for them. First Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord does not look on things man looks at. Here we go. He doesn't look on the things that man looks at. 
He says, man looks at the outward appearance. Where does the Lord look? But the Lord looks at the heart. You and I can't see the heart just like that automatically, but God can. We judge often for all the wrong reasons. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I can find many right reasons that I have permission to judge. And when we judge, we pass sentence on someone because we don't have the ability to judge others the way God would judge them. And God judges them according to His Word and according to His commandments. You see, the act or the desire to judge others speaks of something. If you find yourself judging others just at the drop of a hat, often it speaks of more pride in you than maybe you want to admit. Or it speaks of a little bit of arrogance, you know, that you don't realize. It speaks also of false spirituality. I mean, how spiritual are you that you get to sit in the seat of judgment? And in these days when challenges are everywhere, I mean everywhere, opinions are everywhere, the church needs to be careful. That's, that's us. We need to be careful that we don't get caught in that lane of a judgmental spirit. Or we, we judge because we find it's a lack of respect of others' feelings. So James 4.12 says, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are you to judge your neighbor? Boy, I mean, if you can't feel the confrontation of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, my friend, you're not tuning in and listening well. You see, that is a thought-provoking question. Let's look at it again. You know, who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are you? Who are you? When did you become so spiritual that God gave you a special license to pass judgment on people? Who are you to judge your neighbor? Well, I, I guess I could judge them. I, I see them all the time. But have you ever taken the time to get to know them? You ever wondered how it is that they behave, maybe the way that they behave? Do you love them enough to be able to find out the backstory? Oh, but it's a whole lot easier just to pass judgment. Here are a few questions that we ought to ask ourselves. Number one, here it is. Why do I need to judge others? What is it about me, what's in my heart that I find I have a need that I need to judge somebody? Or do I judge others and fail to recognize it? Maybe you're so good at it that you just it's just automatic to you. Or have I been guilty of judging others and then communicating my opinion to others? I judge them and now I want to tell somebody what I found in my judgment. May not be the truth, may not be factual, but it's your judgment. Or do I judge without mental restraint? In other words, there are no boundaries for my judging. I, I judge at the drop of a hat. That's just a gift that God gave me. So here's a prayer that we might pray. And it is this, God forgive me for judging others. Here's the second thing, why? Because judgment will come to you. Say that with me, judgment will come to you. Let's draw a little closer now, judgment will come to you. And God's not kidding, he's not playing games. 
This is not just a soft tennis ball going over the net onto your side of the court. This is an absolute statement that God says, if you keep that up, I will judge you. You say, well, I know God's going to judge me on the great day of judgment. Oh, let me tell you, many of us have been judged way before the coming of the Lord. So here's what we have. You too will be judged from the same way you judge others. You will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So however it is, the power that you judge, that's what you're going to be judged by from the Lord. Jesus confronted those who desired to judge a person caught in adultery. Well, adultery, if of the Old Testament, listen... If you're caught in adultery in that Old Testament, here's the judgment, stoned. We're going to stone you. You deserve to die. Jesus shows up. They're prepared to stone this lady who, in fact, has committed adultery. She admits it. And as she admits it, the stones start flying. She lands at the feet of Jesus. And when she lands at the feet of Jesus... Jesus looks down at her. What did he see? Did he see a lady that had committed adultery? Or did he see a person that he felt that could be redeemed? Did he believe now the Old Testament? We're going to take her life. But when Jesus came, he ushered in mercy and grace. Thank God for God's grace and mercy. Say that with me. Thank God for God's grace and mercy. Without it, we'd be in big, big trouble. And this is what he says to those who feel they have a right to be able to take her life. He said, if any one of you is without sin, any one of you without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her any one of you you think you have the credentials you have no sin in your mind you are mr perfect you're the perfect image of god go ahead and cast your stone and you know that's the same thing that jesus asked us through the holy spirit who do you think you are that you ought to cast a stone of dispersion to someone else or derision why should you get to do that he said if any one of you is without sin and you see the question holds the answer how can one with sin properly judge another in his sin now that's facebook material there i'll repeat it how can one with sin properly judge another in his sin i think we all know the answer don't we there's also another reason that we're told not to judge you're going to be judged you know and by the same measure you choose to judge now there's more than one occasion in my family when i was coming up i was the oldest still the oldest of six children i think first children get whipped and beat and disciplined more than any of the others I think by the time the baby comes along and when that that would be number six in our family they get about 
anything that they want. And some of you are just big old babies, whether you're the, the end of the uh, trail with the third or the second or whatever. But, but there were times my dad uh, wouldn't think twice at bringing discipline. He, I, I don't know if he read, do not spare the rod or what, and took it really to heart, but it didn't matter whether it was a belt or an oak tree switch or whatever, or a paddle, it just didn't matter. He put it to good use. But there were those times, rare occasions, that one or two of us would make a mistake. And it was on purpose. We were unruly and misbehaved, he would say. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to spank every one of you. I'm thinking, man, I'll be first. Because I usually deserved it. But there were rare occasions that I was not the culprit. I was innocent as a mother's love. And someone did something wrong and he said, all right, I'm going to spank every one of you. And judgment fell on me because someone else sinned or failed. May I suggest something to you? You might be the innocent one in some areas of your life. But there's enough other things in your life that God could judge you on that he hasn't judged you yet because of his grace and mercy and love by the measure that you pass judgment that's what he's going to do to you isaiah 29 20 the ruthless will vanish the mockers will disappear and all who have an evil or an eye for evil will be cut down you might want to take a note of that scripture isaiah 29 20 the niv so those that are piping up, those that you think are evil in our culture and in leadership today, would you just remember this? This will help you not judge them. If you just remember that all who have an eye for evil will be cut down, and God is the one that will, in fact, deal with that. Judgment will come back to you in the same measure. Why? Because God did not come to condemn the world, but to seek and to save those of us who are lost not to condemn us and he could easily do that proverbs 20 verse 22 says do not say i'll pay you back for this wrong wait for the lord and he will deliver you that's a big write it down everybody it's one worthy of making note proverbs 20 22 because what that does that puts an absolute stop to you ever saying paybacks i want to get you I'm going to get you paybacks. This scripture right here says, do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. So you cannot let that be a part of your vocabulary. So think for a minute. If God were to release, listen, this, this creates fear in me. If God were to release judgment upon you and upon me every time we have judged others, what would, what would my life be like? I mean, what would it be like if God said, okay, there you go. I'm going to judge you for all the times if you've judged. I'm saying, oh God, help me. Please don't let that happen. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. 
He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's heart. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. So listen to that scripture. The Old Testament accommodated judgment. An eye for an eye. It says a slap for a slap. A curse for a curse. You see, tooth for a tooth. But God took a position through Jesus of grace and mercy. Somebody out there say amen that you're happy for that. When you judge others by your attitude, by your acceptance or rejection, or by your spirit, God will, here it is, you heard it, God will bring judgment upon you. So I said earlier in this message, if we're going to believe God for the supernatural, this may be one big thing that we need to deal with in our hearts to get it out of the way so that God can move supernaturally in our lives as we walk through COVID-19. I don't know when it's going to end, but I know it will. I know that God's going to send a revival. I know that some great things are happening. Already we've learned so much through this process. This opportunity that we have to prove our faith and our love. And we are standing strong. We're not sitting around in our leadership meetings complaining about what's not happening or what we're not able to do, etc. We're saying, God, we're looking for that wonderful opportunity when the rainbow is going to appear again. And number three, wherefore? Something is in your eye. I know a little bit about eyes, but here's what it says. Matthew 7, 4. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? And Jesus calls those who judge, here it is, hypocrites. You're a hypocrite. Why are you trying to take a speck out of somebody else's eye? And there's a board (laughs) In your own eye. You know, this is one of those messages that is just going to have to simmer a little while in our spirit. It's going to take a little time that we, you can't, all right, the program's over and you're going to turn on television and do something else and you're just going to forget it. This message is going to grip, grip your heart. He declares that often one who judges another has a larger problem than the one he's chosen to judge. This is what Jesus is saying. The one who chooses to judge usually has a larger problem than the person they've chosen to judge. Romans 14, 4, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So I admit, all of us need help. I believe that. I need help. Say that with me. I need help. We all do. And also, I found that usually the person who speaks the loudest is the person with the deepest problem and the darkest closet. Let me say it again. I found that usually the person who speaks the loudest is the person with the deepest problem and the darkest closet. 
We often judge by our standard, but God judges by His standard. It is the Word of God. There are the Ten Commandments and that we live by, and the balance is left open for God's Spirit to interpret in our lives. In Romans 14, 5, here's what it says, so that we understand not everybody will see eye to eye with us. How many of you are married out there? There you go. I see those hands around the net. How many are happily married? Yes, I see those hands. That's good. But marriage is real work. Do I have any amens out there? I know that that's true. But you know what? No matter how long you've been married, I promise you, sir, your wife does not agree with every one of your decisions. And madam, I'm sure you know by now your old stubborn husband doesn't agree with every of all of your decisions. So here's, here's how God settles that in the Word. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. You know what that means? One may have, man may have one view and someone else may have another view. But if we judge someone from our view, which is singular, we miss it because God's view is universal. You know, see, God forgives people that you and I wouldn't forgive in a hundred years. God gives peace and favor to people that you and I would never favor because we know too much about them. But Jesus also warns us about trying to convince Follow this now, trying to convince or judge someone who will not listen to reason. God has something to say about that. He warns us about trying to convince or judge someone who wants to be unreasonable. Here's what he says. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. He states that that, that's like throwing your pearls before the swine, and it says, it will, be, it will be wasted. So trying to deal with an unreasonable person and trying to convince, trying to judge, etc., he said it's a waste of time. That's when you go to prayer and you saturate your time frame with prayer for that particular person. Jesus knew that though we, you and me, You and I are forgiven. We're not perfected yet. And I know some of you are saying, wow, man, I'm glad you said that because I, I was beginning to feel strong conviction. If I'm not perfected yet, you know, that, that kind of gives me that little angle to keep doing. No, no, it doesn't. You know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So here's what we do. We know the struggle of avoiding judging others is tough. So what I'm asking you to do is don't judge. I'm telling you, if you do, you're going to pay a price. And I'm suggesting you be careful to judge yourself. And if you do, you'll find enough to keep you busy with just you and leave all judgment in the hands of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you uh, tonight on this beautiful Wednesday evening. Lord, we thank you because we've heard the truth. And we know that sometimes when messages like 
this is preached, it's, it's really tough to swallow. But Lord, we also know that, that guilt often accompanies conviction. We know we'll just go ahead and give it up. We could not say, I've never judged anyone, and I've never judged this situation. We could not say that. So now we're all in the same boat. So Lord, we know that we've been guilty more times than not, maybe just today. And maybe we've already formed opinions about people that I don't like them. I don't care about the way that they preach. I don't care about the way that they report the news. I just don't like them. God looks down upon us and he says, I've encouraged you not to judge. Especially if you don't know a person. God, I pray that you would forgive us, forgive our sins, and heal our land. We believe now that we need to pray a sinner's prayer. So all of you out there and those of you that maybe your life, you, you, you began to judge a long time ago and decided, I don't, I don't want to be a part of the church. I don't want to have anything to do. I, don't, I just don't want to be connected. Churches are no good. And you made a judgment call. But there came a moment in your life when you needed hope. And none of your friends and nothing that you drank, nothing you smoked, could give you the hope that could only come in Jesus Christ. And I hope that you found someone with a compassionate heart that would love you just like you are, just like Jesus does. And right now, we love you. And we're going to pray this sinner's prayer together. Would you repeat it after me? Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I believe that you care for me. I believe you died for my sins. I am a mess and I need forgiveness. So I humble my heart and I say, come into my heart. Be my father, be my redeemer, and be my savior. I commit to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of things that we can do to help you. If you go to our website, victorylakeland.org, you'll find that we have some resource material there to help you. You can call the office here and one of our staff, our members and our ministers will talk to you. You see, we want to take you by the hand. We want to help you accomplish your highest potential in Jesus. And here's why. Because God has a big plan for you. A big plan for you. So thank you tonight. We're going to sing one more worship song. Don't leave. Take a look. And then we'll close out in a few moments. Shout your praise 
Sunday morning. Have a good evening.